Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for your anointing. Lord, open our eyes to see things that we've never seen, even in the simplicity of what we're going to preach today. Amen. All right, so listen, this morning, uh, you know, we're going to continue our current series, which is entitled Foundation, Building Blocks of the Faith. And uh, if you've been around here for a bit, you know, through this series, we've been taking a, uh, a deeper look at the six foundational teachings that the writer of Hebrews said that every one of us should be familiar with. And by familiar, I mean that we need to have a firm grasp on it. We need to have not only information, but revelation in it. We need to be living it. We need to be able to actually communicate it to other people. And the reason this is so important is because the truth is, is everything else from the Bible really builds off of this. Okay, And so, as we've stated several times already, these six teachings are listed for us in Hebrews 6. I know we've read it several times. We're going to read it again. So, if you're ready, say, oh, yeah. yeah. It says this in verse 1. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles or the elementary teachings of Christ, let us go on. Let us move towards perfection. Let's move towards maturity. Let us actually pass from one spiritual grade to the next. That's actually what it means. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So in case you missed those, if you're new with us, we're going to throw up this list so you can see them in a more clearly laid out way. So once again, number one, repentance from dead works, faith towards God, baptisms, you know that was baptism in the body of Christ, water baptism, and baptism in the Holy Spirit, notice it's plural. Number four, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. All right, so listen, today is part five. We've already covered the first three that are on that list, so today we're going to turn our attention to number four. We're going to talk about laying on of hands. Now, concerning this teaching, I will admit to you that if someone would have asked me years ago to sit down and actually write out a list of what I consider to be the foundational or the core doctrines of the Christian faith, more than likely laying on of hands wouldn't have made the list, right? And so yet here's the writer of Hebrews placing the laying on of hands right alongside of what most of us would see or consider as the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. So on that note, listen, I want you to know that in spite of its obvious importance that's being placed on it here, you know, for our lives, over the years I've met a lot of Christians who uh, really fall in four categories. I've I've seen those who are really, really, really unaware uh, of what it even means to lay their hands on someone and pray. I've met those who completely disregard it. They ignore it because they think it's odd or weird or strange. And then I've even met those who have chosen to mock it or to make fun of it. And then I've met those who practice it all the time. But, but, But here's... Here's kind of what I want to ask you today is can you imagine for a moment what our lives would look like if we chose to disregard or to mock the other teachings listed here? Like can you imagine what would happen if we disregarded or mocked repentance and faith? Like how foolish would it be because we're not we're saved through those things, right? And can you imagine how different our lives would be if you and I chose to live without having eternity in mind? To understanding that there is a judgment coming, Right, once again, I think it would be foolish if we lived that way. So if we could take that train of thought and lay it upon this teaching, it would probably help us. Amen? Amen. 
All right, so with that in mind, really my goal for today is I just really hope that when we leave here today that not only will we have a greater understanding of why laying on of hands is so important for us, but I also hope everyone of us leave this place with a greater confidence that when you choose to actually lay hands on someone of what God can do through you. Right, Because I believe that, that if we just actually practice the word, if we actually do what the word says, man, we'll be blown away by not only what he can do, but what he will do if we would just obey. Right. All right, so with that said, I want to quickly share three biblical purposes for laying on of hands. The first we're going to look at is this. Is number one is physical healing. Now, we clearly see Jesus laying his hands on people throughout his ministry for the purpose of what? Healing, right? Somebody say healing. healing. So an example of this is found in Matthew chapter 8. It says in verse 14, it says, Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. Now if you read Luke's account, Luke goes on to say this in the next verse. It says that when the sun was setting, in other words, kind of once the evening was, was happening, it says all those who had any really family or friends that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And what did he do? He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. So listen, in addition to this, we can read, once again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see again and again Jesus laying his hands on people with leprosy, basically laying his hands on people who were crippled, who were blind, those who were deaf, right? Those who couldn't speak, and even on those who were dead. Like Jesus consistently laid his hands on sick people because he knew that through his hands, like a conduit, God's power would come and heal those who were sick. If you know that's true, say, oh yeah. Listen, we also see the Apostle Paul doing the exact same thing. In Acts chapter 28, it says this. It says, near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius. It says, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. It says, Paul went in and prayed for him. And what did he do? He laid his hands on him and God healed him. So, like Jesus, Paul obviously knew that through the laying on of his hands, once again, like a conduit, God's power would come to heal the sick. Now, have you ever stopped and asked yourself, like, what gave Paul the audacity to do that? Like, why did he do that? It's because he was living out the Great Commission, the same Great Commission that you and I have been given. Look at Mark chapter 16. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm amazed at how much the church stops right there. But watch this, verse 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe? Listen, then these signs should be following you. It says this, In my name, in the name of Jesus, not our name, but in the name of Jesus, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on, I'm wanting us to grab a hold of this, that God is literally saying that when you and I are willing to pray for the sick, we actually become a conduit for his divine power, his divine life, his divine health and strength to flow through. Like, isn't that exciting? Listen, if by chance there's someone sitting here saying this, well, God's never used me like that. Well, here's my question, guys, is, well, how many people have you laid hands on and prayed for? Look, I'm pretty simple. I'm a redneck from Alabama, but the last time I checked, zero plus zero equals zero. <laughs> right? And, and so listen, if we're praying for zero people, zero's going to happen. Right. I'm so smart. <laughs> right? So, so, you know, in my head, I hear somebody saying this, well, PQ, what if nothing happens? Well, can I rebuttal? What if something does? 
Like, what if something does happen, right? So listen, my Bible tells me that Jesus, the anointed one, lives inside of me. Right? It tells me that in the same way that the Father sent him into the world, he has in turn turned around and sent me into the world. So I believe that when I lay my hands on someone, guess what? The same power that flowed through him also flows through me. Because why? The same Holy Spirit that he was anointed with has anointed me. And the same goes for you. Listen, I can sit here and I don't have time today, but I can tell you story after story after story. I can give you a list of people that I have went in and I have prayed for people in the name of Jesus and God has healed them. Now, do I understand how that happens? No, I do not. But I can't argue with the fruit of it. Am I making sense? Now, does every person I pray for get healed? No, wish they did. But you know what? Doesn't mean I'm going to quit. Why? Because zero equals zero. Right? So I'm going to keep doing it until we get results. Amen? Listen, the second purpose we find in the Bible for laying on of hands is for those who basically want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So listen, out of the five examples where people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, we read this two weeks ago, three of them basically it clearly states that, that those people received the baptism after hands were laid upon them. So watch this in Acts 8. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for the new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. So listen, I recognize that that thought's new to a number of people in here. And once again, that, that's cool. But listen, I've seen this happen literally hundreds of times in the last 26 years. Like, li- listen, I, I, it's been, how can I say this? I've even watched it happen with people who didn't even know that there was a baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's when it's really fun. Right? It's not crazy. Listen, I want to get this in your head. It's not crazy. It's not weird. It's not chaotic. It's actually a pretty amazing thing to see. Yeah. Right? And, and so let, let me just say this. It's even cooler when God chooses to use you to make that happen in someone's life. It's pretty awesome. Right? So the third purpose we find in laying on of hands is, is we're going to sit on this one a little bit longer, is for impartation. Somebody say impartation. So let me give you, kind of under this point, three different types of impartation that we see throughout the Bible. The first one is this, is when it comes to a person's calling. When it comes to a person's calling. In Numbers 27, we read that Moses is, is basically coming to the end of his life. He knows he's about to die. So he asks God to, to raise up another leader, a new leader for the Israelites. In response, God tells him to do this in Numbers 27. He said this, he said, take Joshua who has the spirit in him. In other words, man, there's already an obvious that my hand is on him, okay? Because the Bible talks again and again in the Old Testament about the hand of the Lord. And then it says, and I want you, Moses, to lay your hands on him. Then what you need to do is present him to the priests and the community and publicly commission him to lead the people. Then it says, I want you to transfer or impart some of your authority to him. That's a cool verse. Now, what was taking place here? God obviously told Moses to lay his hands on Joshua so that there could be an impartation or a transfer of authority and anointing, or we could say a mantle of grace to come upon his life so that he could do what God's called him to do. 
Right? It's no different than if you go and you read the story, very similar of what happened with Elijah and Elisha. Let me just say that when Elisha received Elijah's mantle, uh, it allowed him to have a double portion of anointing on his life. That's why if you go look at how many miracles happened in Elijah's life, double that and you actually see the exact double number times two happen in Elisha's life. It wasn't by accident. There was an impartation that came. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. All right, now let me give you a modern-day example of this because I think this is pretty cool. Uh, wave your hand at me if you've ever heard of a guy named Reinhard Bunky. All right, this is good. Y'all need Listen to me. Y'all need to go home, and y'all need to YouTube Reinhard Bunky and let your life be changed. All right? About two years ago, he passed away. But basically, Reinhard was a, uh, you know, rewind to 21 years old, young German boy. He was in England, and he, and he completed Bible school. And the day before that he was going to go back home to Germany, he pretty much set in his schedule uh, a day where he could sightsee in London. And so he only had a, like a little bit of money, so he kind of went from bus to bus to bus to bus to bus to bus, and he was just kind of on this tour. And after hours of that, he, he said, you know what, I need to get out and he stretched my legs. My legs hurt. I've been sitting down too long. And he got off the bus, and he looked up, and he, was, and he stood basically uh, at a house, and, and there was a sign on it, and it just simply said, George Jeffries. And then he got super excited because he was like, okay, obviously Jeffries is a very popular name in England, and how much more so is George, <laughs> right? And so he said there's probably thousands of George Jeffries in England, but he said that he heard the Holy Spirit speak to him and say, well, why don't you knock on the door and find out if it's the guy you know? Because he had read his book in Bible school. And so anyway, so he went and he knocked on the door and this woman came to the door and he said, he said, ma'am, I, I, I want to ask you, is this George Jeffrey's house? Is, is this the George Jeffrey who evangelized all of Great Britain, who God used miraculously in signs and wonders for all these years? Because in his heart, he said, I thought, I thought he was actually dead. And, and, the, and the, woman, the woman said, yes. But when, he, when she said yes, he said, great, can I see him? And she said, no. <laughs> and then he said he heard from inside the house, he heard a man say in a loud, booming voice, let him in. And she turned and Reinhardt walked through the door and this man uh, basically came down and he, and he had a suit on. He was like all decked out and it was like he was expecting somebody. And he came down the steps, and Reinhardt just started talking. God's called me to go to Africa. He's called me to do this. He's called me to do this. Called me to do this. Called me to do this. And he said, he just talked, talked, talking. And, and George said nothing. He finally just reached out and grabbed him by the shoulders and pulled him down to the ground. And they both went to their knees. And for like 15 minutes, he just prayed blessing and impartation over his life. Now, here's what's crazy. He said he stayed about 30 minutes. He got up, went and hopped on the train and the ferry. He got back home to Germany. The morning he got back to Germany, he walked into his house, and the first thing his father said was, Reinhardt, I just got news. George Jeffries died. What happened in that moment? There was a transfer in a mantle from a man who God used to Touched thousands and thousands and thousands of people in England. And if you don't know who Ron Hartmonkey is, let me show you a picture of this dude's ministry. <laughs> so that's Africa. Now, I don't know how many of those he did, he did every year, but I think there's like 1.5 million people right there. Now, to put that in context, there's 1.3 million people in Maine. Am I making sense to y'all? Listen, the same signs and wonders that happened in George Jeffrey's life, 
I assure you, multiplied greatly through Reinhard Bunke's life. There's a serious thing when we, we understand that there's a calling of God and we lay hands on people and we pray and that there can be not only a recognizing of what God's called them to do, but who he's called them to be and the power that comes that enables them to do what God's called them to do. Amen? Let me give you another one. B, spiritual gifts. We see this with Paul and Timothy. This is 1 Timothy 4. It says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecies spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Now listen, the Bible doesn't tell us what the spiritual gift was, but I think by looking at Timothy's life, we understand that it was probably used to comfort, encourage, and strengthen the body of Christ. But, but more so what I want to understand that this gift obviously allowed him to fulfill the call of God on his life. How do we know that? Because Paul later wrote Timothy in 2 Timothy, and he reminded him to stir up the gift, to fan the flame, right? To stir up the gift which was given to you by the laying on of hands. Let me give you a next one. Blessing. Parents, please listen to this. Mark 10 says this. It says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. It says, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now watch what Jesus did and opposite of what they did. It says, then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their head and blessed them. Right? We also see this in, in the book of Genesis. We see Jacob, he's about to pass. And Jacob says, you know what? He says, Joseph, get your two boys. And he comes and he brings, uh, I think it's Manasseh and Ephraim, if I remember correctly. And, and he asked him to come and it says that he, he laid hands on their head and he blessed them. Now what happened in that moment? He not only blessed their lives, uh, you know, actually that God would do something, but he actually spoke prophetically to their destiny, right? To their God-given destiny, what their lives would be. And all of that came to pass. So there's something that's serious here from God, gang. Listen, my daughter left this morning to go to a soccer game. My wife laid hands on her in the living room and prayed over before she left. It's something we take serious, right? For God's divine protection and covering over life as she travels today, yeah? All right, listen, so why am I kind of saying all this? Please hear what I'm about to say if you haven't heard anything else. The, the reason is because I want all of us to see that all throughout the Bible, starting from the book of Genesis, God has used the laying on of hands as a way, key word, to transfer his blessing, his anointing, his authority, and his healing and deliverance into people's lives. So, so if that's true, why wouldn't he want to do it in our day for us and through us? Amen. All right, before we land this, uh, I want to take a moment just to say this, because I, I want to get practical for a minute. I would say probably one of my greatest joys in ministry over the past 26 years hasn't been preaching hasn't been standing up in front of people and talking. It's been when I've had the opportunity to meet someone in the altar that has faith and to be able to lay hands on them, to obey the word, and to pray for them. Like, y'all, I have watched, I don't know how many people, literally watching that moment, a lot of things happen, but to watch the love of God collide with those people. Right? Like I've seen as we've laid hands and just prayed for people to watch literally the love of God break down every wall, remove every mass, destroy every bit of shame, literally uproot hurt 
and pain, right? And I've watched him with hundreds of people literally restore people back to the place of honor. Right? Listen, I, I've had the privilege to lay hands on people and see them get well. You know, lay my hands on people, watch them receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, once again, I can give you story after story after story. And, uh, and listen, I can't tell you how many times, and this is really where it gets fun to me, is when I've laid hands on people. So this is a practical piece if you want to do this. See, here, here's the problem. Most of us don't do this because we're scared to death to pray in front of somebody. Let's be honest. The only way that gets broken is by really praying in the prayer closet. That's it. Like, like you, you never, you're never going to have a public victory if you don't pray in private. Okay? And so, so listen, one of the grace moments for me is when I get to get in a, get in a moment. It doesn't really matter where it's at. It's happened in my office. It's happened, it's happened here. It's happened all over the place where you just get to pray with someone and you just get to, instead of just hurry up and rushing through some prayer, you actually sit back and you wait. You go, Lord, what's in your heart? What do you want to say? You know these people, I don't. That's the internal conversation I'm having in that moment. Yeah. They think I'm being silent, I'm talking to the Lord. Is there anything here you want to say today? And then he begins to show me through words of wisdom, words of knowledge, things that I wouldn't know otherwise about people. I'm not that smart, right? And so what happens is, is in those moments, I just pray what he shows me. I don't make it hooky or even pooky. I don't make it weird. I just go, man, here's my heart. And I just pray what I feel like is in the Lord's heart for those people and what he's showing me. And it's so cool because, because I think when people on the receiving end, like I have been many times, man, there's really nothing that compares to, to hearing God's voice for you. Because in that moment, it becomes so personal, so intimate, and you see how close God is to us. Like, I'm going to pick on somebody real quick because y'all sit in the front row. First time these guys came to my house, right? I said, hey, before you leave, let's pray. I don't typically do that. Typically, Jen's like, pray for them. And I'm like, I don't want to, right? I'm like, and uh, so we're sitting in my kitchen, and that's what happened. I prayed to me. I didn't feel anything. I found out the next day what she said was, is he prayed the secrets of my heart. <sighs> that wasn't me. I didn't know any of that stuff. Right? That's God. So, so here's the thing. Watch this. You, you don't need a title for any of that. You don't need a position for any of that. All you need is a pure heart that has faith in the Bible and a willingness to go to work. Are y'all hearing me? So let's not act like it's for a few chosen people. Amen. Now let me show you something why I already got some of you feeling uncomfortable. I want to show y'all a picture really quick. I'm kind of hesitant to do this, but I want to show you this. Y- y'all see all those bodies laid out over there? So those people that are all taking up the camera space at the front now, they were in the same spot about five minutes previous. Y'all have heard me say this story before, but I've never showed you a picture. So th- this is what a lot of people refer to as falling out or going slain in the spirit. Okay? Um, what happened this night, because that was our last youth camp, right? So that's the youth group that I used to pastor, right? There's people in the room that were there that night. Those kids, there's about, I think about 160 of them in the room, absolutely went bananas for Jesus. They prayed like the house was on fire. 
And about after 30, 40 minutes of prayer, I basically looked at the worship team and said, yeah, y'all just keep rolling. Worship was blowing the roof off the joint. I mean, there was so much hunger in the room. And then we got in the third song. I'll never forget. We were singing, Where You Go, I Go. And I looked at the speaker and I said, hey, man. I just looked and said, you ready to pray? He said, he knew. And, and I walked over. I don't understand this. I walked over there, far left corner. And before I basically, David, stand up. When I got about here, I didn't even touch the dude. And, and it went like shockwave. Ten kids hit the ground like a rock. Didn't even touch them. And then it went from literally from the left side like a wave, and they all fell like pickup sticks all the way across. Now, listen, I've worked with teenagers long enough. Teenagers don't fake nothing. No teenager wants somebody else's foot in their face. And I'm telling y'all, there were armpits in people's face, foot in people's faces, and literally they were just laid all out all over each other. Now, can I explain that? I can't. I can't. Only thing I can say is this. This is my only explanation. Obviously, I see it in the Bible. I read in the Bible. I see it in history. John Wesley, he used to go preach, and hundreds of people that would happen to. George Whitfield, same thing. And so the only thing I can say is, listen, is when heaven and earth collide, something has to give. And it's typically us. Watch this. And so Jesus showed up in a really powerful way. I don't understand it, but why am I trying to show you all this? I, I don't know why I'm showing this. I'm just being obedient. <laughs> all right? So all that happened through these things. Watch this. There's nothing magical about these things. There's nothing magical, but the Bible says that God has chosen to use those things as instruments. Now, here's what hit me this morning in prayer. I understood another reason of why Jesus says, basically, that we need to have pure heart and clean hands. Because you got to keep the instrument clean. <laughs> right? If the instrument isn't clean, it does damage. That's why there's something in here that doesn't settle well when we see somebody punch somebody in the face. As much as we may want to do it too. Right? Am I making sense? So, y'all ready to practice? <laughs> Stand to your feet, please. If the worship team can just kind of come and, and play. Listen, we're just going to kind of set the atmosphere. But I'm going to say a simple prayer. And what I want you to do is grab about four or five people around you. And I just want you to take a moment and, and y'all can all kind of do it at the same time. You don't need to really get loud. But just put your hands on them and just ask Jesus to bless them. Listen, he, he is fully aware of what they need. Right? So today, when we bless people, we're going to believe that we're going to bless them with healing. We're going to bless them with joy. We're going to bless them with peace. We're going to bless them with whatever they need. Somebody in this room probably needs a financial miracle. Somebody in this room probably needs direction from God. What's a great way to get it? So let me pray for you, please. Father, today in the name of Jesus, Lord, we recognize that our hands are instruments of your divine purpose. God, we recognize that you 
want to deliver your gifts and your power and your healing and your deliverance through our hands to bless other people. You want to meet other people's needs, Lord. So God, today we're asking that you would just notice that we're declaring that we're choosing to give you our hands and our lives so that you can use us and our hands as conduits for your goodness for other people. God, we pray that through our simple act of obedience in this moment, God, that you would take our hands, God, and you would just release supernatural activity in people's lives. Come on, if you can, just just pray for these people. Come on, bless them. Jesus, as we're holding these people's hands, as we're touching their shoulders, God, we're asking God whatever they need today, God, that you would release it. Father, we bless your people. We bless your people. We bless your people, Lord, to receive everything that Jesus died for, everything that he desires to give them. God, give us clean hands and a pure heart. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.